what happens is that they immigrate with their families and they are following uh, a family plan, let's say, right? Like the parents are leading uh, the immigration plan and they are following this plan. And as much as parents, of course, want to include their children in the decision making, at the end, you know, they are more in the, in the position of follow followers. Yeah. So I think that that's something to navigate at the end uh, that is different from the immigration experience that the parents can have. Hello and welcome to season two of Point of Entry. Thank you for continuing to travel alongside us, the Refugee Centre, as we guide you through the resettlement process in Canada and the inner workings of grassroots organizations here in Montreal. Stay on board as we explore the experiences and challenges faced by many newcomers to Canada. In season two, we are continuing to do so with the help of our alternating hosts and an incredible lineup of amazing guests. We hope you are as excited as we are to continue along this journey. Thank you for coming along for the ride. My name is Natasha and I'm the Communications Director at the Refugee Centre and I will be your host for today's episode. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Paula Acosta Diaz from the Boys and Girls Club of Moncton. The Boys and Girls Club's mission is to provide a safe, safe and supportive place where children and youth can experience new opportunities, overcome barriers, build positive relationships, and develop confidence and skills for life. Paula is the Director Director of Integration Policy and Services, as the club has unique and special newcomer youth services to support the successful development and integration of their youth. But we will let her explain the rest. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Natasha. Thank you for the kind invitation. Of course. Um, just to start things off, would you like to introduce yourself and your role at the Boys and Girls Club of Moncton? Yes. Um, well, like you said, my name is Paola Acosta. I'm the Director of Integration, Policy and Newcomer Services here at the Boys and Girls Club, now uh, known as BGC Moncton. Um, my role here uh, is pretty much to develop and implement programs for newcomer youth starting as early as 12 year olds and uh, um, not a long ago uh, we we're going we started we decided to start services for older youth uh, going also up to 30 years old amazing. yeah that's pretty new <laughs> that's amazing um okay and you specifically work in the uh with the newcomer youth services um can you tell us a little bit more about what those services are at uh, BGC and the important role that they play within the community for these youth. Yes, so uh, here at BGC Moncton, um, we like provide support uh, to the youth from different angles. Uh, our intention, uh, as I understand it, it's to support the youth in a holistic manner. So for example, we have an education department, uh, we have a recreational activities department, uh, and with my department, what we want is to provide a strategic support, a strategic programming for newcomer youth that is navigating their own uh, integration in our, in our city. So that's basically how um, all the departments uh, articulate uh, together. 
Uh, so from, from my angle, I had the opportunity to start the department. Uh, before I started, uh, there were things going on, of course, like there, there were services and programs, uh, not only for newcomer youth, but for everyone. But uh, we started to develop an, a strategic angle. So to address, for example, social integration, uh, economic integration, uh, to start discussing or identifying, right, if there are some common trends that we can uh, support the youth with. So that's how I started, um, and that's how the program started, and the, now the department. Uh, we uh, started with uh, one program that uh, revolved around entrepreneurship. So we decided to start with entrepreneurship because we found that um, entrepreneurship, well, is indeed an interesting skill to have nowadays for the youth and also yeah. gives the youth the opportunity to bring their creativity, their own ideas, to find inspiration in their own background. So that was a great excuse as well to discover our community to do field trips and get to know business owners and people that are out there um, making a living out of their dreams or their, or their ideas. So that's how we started. Uh, we started with a very small program. And now we like only that program alone takes more than 52 youth only for the summer, for example, that are currently following um, that program. So throughout that program, we offer the possibility, like I said, to learn about entrepreneurship, also like to make new friends, to meet other um, newcomer youth that are navigating the same path. Of course, like everyone with their own uh particularities uh, according to their own story, but um, they are all navigating kind of the same situation. Uh, we also do, like I said, the field trips so they can discover the community. And we also take the opportunity to go deeper in the knowledge in our, of our community. And that's where we articulate other type of services that we call intercultural programming. So, with the intercultural programming, and you let me know if this is too much for, <laughs> for no, what no, 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 keep going. This is very yes. interesting. With the intercultural programming, what we do is we complement what, what we're doing with the entrepreneurship. And we offer the possibility not only to discover business opportunities or to meet uh, with business people here in our region, but we also offer the possibility to first know the history the cultural background of our region. So we go, for example, to museums to like learn some historical pieces. We also uh, go on, on field trips to like visit powwows, to visit celebrations like the powwows. And we always um, connect with someone from the community uh, from a person that uh, it's in, like is part of that community. So we try to get like, the angle or the explanation or the approach of different um, of different actors, right? So we have some formal pieces like we get, for example, in partnership with the museums. We also get some, let's call them like informal or more one-on-one -on -one pieces with facilitators that come from the different communities, like um, like the indigenous communities and the Acadian community. So 
we try to create several layers to create a complete uh, round understanding of our region as much as possible. So all of that goes into uh, one program that is offered to the youth that is called Ingenium. And uh, right now we are starting to add another layer that is uh, employment. So the youth can also learn uh, not only how to start their own business, but they can also learn how to get that first job, right? Or how to like find a job or even like how to like identify what they want to do, right? Which right. is like something that every youth navigates, right? Regardless yeah. if they are newcomer youth or regardless if they are local youth, uh, mm -hmm. they all navigate like that decision making. So we like accompany them uh, with this program uh, uh, with that. Yes, that's the, the intention that we have. Amazing. Um, how can how can members of the community or you know families who want their youth to get involved? How do they access or participate in these services? Yeah, so, um, well, we are uh, BGC Mountain, right? So we are already known uh, in the community. Uh, everything we do is uh, regarding youth. So we already, we, we are already known, like families come here, like I said, for educational support, for recreational activities. So we do have already uh, that position. Yeah. Uh, we are situated in a way that we are already positioned and accessible for the families. We do also communicate uh like like all all organizations nowadays like in social media and as much mm -hmm. as possible in the spaces like yours as well and uh and we also work uh with several partnerships so because of the nature of the program because what do we want to do regardless of, of the, the main goal, if it's entrepreneurship or employment, what we want is also the youth to explore the community. Like we cannot offer that by ourselves, right? Like working yeah. alone. We need partners and we are very thankful for the partnerships that we have. So what we will do is also like we will work with our partners, not only to promote uh, our services, but also like to offer them. So we have different uh, partnerships, like from local businesses to uh, other organizations. So that's how we uh, partner up to uh, provide services, not only in English, but also in French, because we are in a bilingual uh, province. So, yeah. Amazing. Hey, I'm Alina, and it's time to get you in the know. A food processing company north of Montreal raised rent prices for their temporary foreign workers without notice or reasoning. Two of those workers filed official complaints regarding the unfair rent increases and were subsequently fired. This unreasonable treatment of foreign workers is just one of many examples of abuse at the hands of employers that occurs regularly. This is concerning considering Quebec's recent reliance on the temporary foreign worker program due to labor shortages. It also exposes the importance of dealing with the current housing crisis. And now you're in the know. Back to the episode. I personally think that the program you run is incredibly special and very rare. Um, although the Refugee Center is located in Montreal, which is quite a big city, we don't have many organizations or programs that cater specifically to refugee youth. And I think that's like um, a gap that definitely exists in our city. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the specific barriers that young newcomers face, potentially in contrast to like 
their older counterparts? Yes, uh, that's, um, well, I don't want to like give like a definite uh, like answer, right? Like by all means, yeah. like the answer, you know, comes from our experience, but what we have the opportunity to like identify uh, throughout the years, right? And what we are working on. Uh, yeah. I think like, uh, like I said, like there are some challenges or some barriers, um, like every other youth, you know, that can touch, like, like I said, like decision making when it comes to employment or like educational support. I think like for newcomer youth, um, they are navigating the particular situation uh, most of the time for them. That is that the decision of immigrated, uh, immigrating was not theirs, right? So uh, usually the youth, especially when we think uh, of the younger youth, right, like less than um, 18 years old, right, and yeah. sometimes even like, uh, like the early uh, 20s, right, sometimes uh, what happens is that they immigrate with their families and they are following uh, a family plan, let's say, right? Like the parents are leading uh, the immigration plan and they are following this plan. And as much as parents, of course, want to include their children in the decision-making, at the end, you know, they are more in the, in the position of follow followers. Yeah. So I think that that's something to navigate at the end uh, that is different from the immigration experience that the parents can have, right? So they are like navigating this decision that was made uh, for them, basically, and then they arrive and they are facing a new reality, right? Like they, 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 they are already going to a different school, like the, everything changes, right? Uh, probably this happened to the adults as well, but for them it's like the main structure of their day-a-day is looks very different. Like the educational system is usually very different if we compare to other countries. So that's something that they need to adjust to. There is like the language barriers, of course, like we are definitely speaking in another language, uh, whether that is English or French. Uh, we are we have a different way to socialize, right? It, here, there is a different way to meet friends, to be friendly. Uh, there is different social codes, right? Um, and then, um, well, not only that, like there is like, depending on how the educational background is, there must there might be uh, some adjustment to do there. Um, yeah, I'm not at like the rhythm, right? Like the rhythm of life as well. Probably like yeah. the support they had back home might be different from the support they're going to have now, right? Like sometimes uh, some of the youth like at home, they were with the grandparents as well, with the uncles, the aunts, right? Like the cousins, like the family was accessible and all yeah. of the sudden, like the family is smaller, right? And then once we go back home after school, probably the situation is not the same either, right? Yeah. So it's not only uh, the changes that they are navigating not only happen in the outside world, right? It's like their family also was reformulated. So both uh, both aspects, right? Both spaces yeah. uh, are looking different to them now. At the same time, for the youth, uh, they are in an age that... Uh, is crucial for decision-making, uh, is crucial what they do now for their future, for their performance in the future, career-wise. 
Um, so they are also navigating that uh, and they are transitioning, right, to a different space with those um, expectations as well. Uh, parents also have their own expectations. Uh, when yeah. I find that, you know, like when we do like an immigration plan for our family, we also want our children to do better. And, you know, we have some uh, ideas already. And these ideas could could be a good match or could not be a good match uh, depending on, you know, how the situation is looking like for the youth. So, um, yeah, I will say that there are several layers and it's like a complex situation that um, these youth end up uh, navigating regardless of the immigration stream they took uh, to come to come here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's some of the things that we have identified. I guess, like, basically, it's like social, right? Like, uh, there is like some social aspects and uh, also some uh, economic aspects for their integration, right? Like, when it comes to like, for example, job search, right? Like, looking for a job here in Canada looks different, you know, yeah. uh, compared to other countries on how you find your first job or like the age you start working or uh, the type of job you start doing according to your age and the tools, right? Like even writing a resume here looks very different only yes. like if you compare it to the United States, for example, it's already another style. So, and how to network, right? And the concept of networking, which is very related to the social aspect, right? Of meeting new yeah. people. So everything is new, right? So it's like everything that comes with the language, right? It's not only the language, but it's like the social way of being, right? Yeah. And also uh, like the things to consider, right? Uh, thinking about the future. And if your parents didn't have that experience, usually what happens in the families is that as parents, right, uh, we can uh, explain, you know, okay, this is how things work, you know, like you are, I don't know, like 14, you should definitely start looking for that first job, start accumulating some little experience, go put an ad here, put an ad there, you can do this, you can do that. But when the parent, when the parents themselves are not in a context that they know well, right? Yeah. So they cannot support as much as they probably want to support. So that's where we jump in for that gap, right? So we like develop programs so we can assess that gap that um, requires knowledge of the sectors, requires uh, knowledge of the employment sector, how things works. And we put in like workshops uh, to like work on a specific um, tools, right? Like building your resume, building your cover letter. How do you present for an interview? Like how does it look like the job place, right? These social conventions, I guess, that we don't think about when we are like in in the swimming pool, right? Like we are swimming, so we don't realize like how thick is the water type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when we change to a different swimming pool or when we swim in the ocean, so then it's a different experience. So it's exactly the same. So that's how we develop our programs. Like we identify where that gap is and then we develop a service that covers it as much as we I can't do it absolutely yes. yeah um, yeah a lot for youth to handle who are already young being young can be hard enough sometimes I think yes so. yes yes being young can be hard <laughs> enough, yes, for sure 
Um, you spoke a little bit about how uh, BGC and your your um, program specifically like identifies gaps and tries to fill those for these youth. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, um, community organizations cannot fill all gaps. Uh, mm -hmm. can, what other gaps exist, do you think, in like the broader community, let's say, that maybe need to be more filled in order to better facilitate the integration of newcomer youth? Yeah, I feel like definitely you're right. Like um, not one organization can fix, you know, or support everything that is around uh, the people that we serve, right? Like here mm -hmm. we like, we are youth center. So we think uh, oh, everything like we develop for them starts with their needs, with the understanding yeah. of their needs. But there are indeed uh, like other factors that uh, come into play. For example, all the realities that the parents have to like navigate, right? So that's when other organizations that help the parents and the family members um, enter into play, right? So those types, like, I think, like, it's great that uh, there are, um, like, language classes available for the parents, that there are programming as well that address um, employment needs for the parents. I think that probably, like, probably, like, something that that works as a support for the parents to navigate having a youth, you know, like it's an immigrant right. youth that could be helpful as well. I think like in general, like the main challenge from my uh, humble point of view is that there is a lot going on, um, but it's as much as the information, information is accessible because everything is online, like if you don't imagine, right? Like if in your head, you are not thinking that this service could exist, right? Because probably in your home country, such a service was not a thing, right? right? So if you don't, you know, like if you don't imagine that the service exists, probably you're not going to Google it. So I think like, you know, like that first step to just really lay it out, you know, like everything that is accessible and uh, that will be helpful in terms of um, access to information and services. And um, yeah, and I think like parents are also navigating like different challenges, right? Because their family structure, again, like it's also different and their support is also different. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, a lot of different um, elements and layers to the situation, definitely. Do you know what's up at TRC? Well, I'm here to tell you. You can currently register for language classes on our website. We offer multiple levels of both French and English, as well as IELTS prep courses that all start in the fall. And our popular web development classes have just started and there are a few spots left, so hurry over to therefugeecenter.org and sign up now. And now, back to the episode. On a bit of a lighter note, um, what is your favorite part of working with these youth? My favorite part um, of working with, uh, with youth, I think, is... There are several. I like, we have fun, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I think that um, I feel privileged in general, um, you know, being an immigrant myself and being able to build support for immigrant youth, you know, like for me, it's important. I like, I had the opportunity also to 
in not fully immigrate, but I had an experience as an international student when I was 16 and I mm -hmm. went to a Canadian school. So I, I have those memories like uh, pretty clear in my head. So like I, I definitely understand like some of the situations that are going on. Uh, I think like, like my best, I, I, I think it's that, that's what I enjoy enjoy the most is the opportunity to support them I also like enjoy getting to know them and um and like hearing them like uh listening to their ideas you know like that creativity that passion uh that eagerness that they bring um I, I enjoy that. I enjoy also um, their sense of adventure, like what they want to do, like all of uh, like an, a part of our uh, program as well. Like the way we work is like we are listeners, right? So we're always asking them their feedback, what they like to do, what they enjoy, what they didn't enjoy as much. So I think like that that part, um, I like uh, that's what I enjoy the most. I most of the time, like I also feel like they give me a good example, you know. Like sometimes like I think that I'm having a hard day or a difficult day for whatever reason. And sometimes I talk to them and I'm like, wow, you know what? Like these kids are like very strong, right? They are going through like several things and they are just going through it, right? So mm -hmm. I think like that's, that's what I enjoy the most is getting to know them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which of the services in your program are you most proud of or that you feel like has the biggest impact on the youth? I feel like it will be like hard like to say like because just because we don't have like the way we think about our services is not per program but more of like different um, streams of support let's say. Mm -hmm. I think like what I enjoy the most when it comes to our programming is that we have the opportunity to develop um, a holistic support. Like, like we have different ingredients that we can use. And, um, and that's what I enjoy the most to be able to create programming that supports the youth from different angles. So it's like, we, I'm not working like in silos, right? Like, let's say like yeah. my employment programming has nothing to do with my entrepreneurship programming. And then it has nothing to do with my intercultural programming. Uh, everything is together. I think like the opportunity that uh, my organization gives me to put all those layers and articulate them, that's what I enjoy the most about developing the programs. Amazing, no, that makes complete sense. Um, when the Refugee Center visited the BGC in Moncton, you mentioned that the youth also have a podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about that and where can we listen to it? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you for bringing uh, that question up. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, we're in mixed cloud, uh, so uh, I think you can find us by BGC Mountain. Uh, what we do is because as, as part of our goals, we wanted the youth uh, to have a space to share their thoughts, their ideas, to discuss, and a space that they can lead, you know, not, not a space that we are leading for them, but a space that we are, you know, facilitating, like, you know, like the, let's say, like the materials and stuff, but they are leading. They are leading their conversations. Uh, they are leading what they want to create. Um, so we thought that um, 
a podcast was like a good um, way, right? A good uh, exercise for this to happen. And uh, so we gave it a try and they enjoy it. So what basically happens is like uh, we we get together from time to time, we record and um, we give them uh, like some brainstorming exercises. And finally, they choose like a thing that they want to discuss. They choose who is going to be like the interviewer or the lead uh, for the episode and like and, and they share their thoughts and I'm always glad to hear what they have to say and without us you know like bringing them to uh to 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 a subject they bring up like important you know like in-depth uh subjects like they they usually talk about uh how they can support anti-racism in the school how can they like um address bullying right um how can they be support for other youth like like they have so much to give um and that's how they share their ideas you know and also like what does it mean for them to be a youth uh here in Canada that's amazing uh, we'll definitely link uh link put the link to their podcast in the description of our podcast because thank love- you thank you that's amazing I like I have like sometimes we record and just because we are so busy like we haven't put out uh, like the last recordings that we have but I'll make sure I'll get into that absolutely sounds great um before we finish up is there anything else that you would like to add um just like that like in general I think like thank you so much for uh for having me I think like you know like when you were asking me like some of the things that are missing like for services and stuff I think like also uh, from uh, from the providers' uh, point of view, right? Like us, like service providers. I think like it's good also to have uh, these uh, opportunities to share among us. Like I appreciate, you know, like you interviewing me today. I think like if we could have like another person also, you know, that works uh, in services, like join the conversation uh, either for youth or for adult immigrants, right? Uh, like probably we can like you know like come to a point and to have like a good idea or a, a good exchange right like a good conversational exchange I think like that's when the best happens right like when we when we have the opportunity to to talk with other others services providers that are navigating the yeah. same uh, situations probably or the same challenges uh those are also nice opportunities so i think like in a way your uh, podcast is making this uh possible yeah that's wonderful yeah that was our goal always and i think uh, at the refugee center we agree can't do as community organizations we can't do anything by ourselves we're stronger when we network and share with one another so that was a huge point of our podcast so thank you so much we appreciate it and we are very happy that you agreed to be on our podcast and it was wonderful speaking with you today so thank you so much thank you thank you Natasha and like if you guys need anything else I'll be happy uh, to share and to be there and thank you for visiting us uh, in Moncton uh, like some weeks ago when you guys mm-hmm. stopped by that was interesting to you know to get to know what you guys are doing and like to hear you and like having you visit here was also important for us absolutely we felt the exact same way 
Um, well, thank you so much for, uh, it was a pleasure to get to know your perspective and to learn more about the important work that BGC of Moncton is doing. Um, to continue learning more about the Refugee Center, you can visit our website at therefugeecenter.org, and you can follow us on our social media platforms, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.